Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Great Reset Salon. This is a conversation that's kicked off over the past several months in the wake of the great pandemic, the great lockdown of 2020, and now what we call is the Great Reset. One of the most impactful conversations we had occurred during our Lost and Found Salon, and our friend Uwana related the horrific impact that the you know the disruption of the pandemic and civil unrest had had on her life, on her sense of safety and security. And as somebody who's looking after elderly parents, uh, you know what really struck home was that the you know the same types of threats that had caused you know her mother to uh, to flee the totalitarianism in Eastern Europe uh, in you know in in the twentieth century has uh, apparently, you know, echoed in a lot of what was happening, you know, around her and around us today. The emotions are raw. The, you know, the, the resonance is visceral. And I think we were all profoundly moved by, you know, her honesty and the, you know, the power of, you know, her, her emotion. And I think, in providing all of us uh, a, a window into her thinking and and being just incredibly open and I think really really brave about expressing you know what what was truly uh, was was truly impacting her life I think we hope that this will give more people the courage to face their own fears their own concerns and share them because I think we all felt you know incredibly inspired by her you know her her spirit and her you know her, her articulate uh you know, passion to you know to come out and and just and and share what was the disruption and, and the total upheaval that it impacted her and we look for this to you know hopefully inspire more of you so here we go Right off the bat, I gotta say, you know, I'm 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 gonna be emotional, so forgive me because this is amazing. First of all, like each of you, um, so lost and gained. Well, oof, um, you know, Ed, love you, hate you right now. <laughs> well, I'm, truly, I mean, like I started like, just taking quick notes. Um, <clears throat> I live in New York City too. Right now, I'm not in New York City, which I'll, I'll get to in a second, but. From Jersey, I moved to New York. So since I was 18, whole adult life. Maybe Julie, you can relate. What's going on in our city is just heartbreaking. And I know it looks hyperbolic. And I know I would not believe me if I saw me like this, I was like, what are you talking? Or I would just say, shut the fuck up. You know, we, we, we would be fine. In fact, before all this started, um, a friend of mine said that this was going to be worse than 9-11. And I got really pissed off. Like, I don't get angry very often, but I got furious. And I, you know, drilled him trying to understand, you know, why he would say such a thing that he didn't understand, you know, that that's not possible. Um, I've done uh, multiple apologies on <laughs> that. Um, and I'm still not, I still can't believe it. I mean, I, you know, even if you didn't, I mean, I did lose a friend that day, but 
I'm thinking that probably because I was 22, 21, I was just out of college and my brain wasn't cooked yet. So maybe that's part of why this is worse, you know, that you really have a sense of consequence. I'm 42 now. So, I mean, and that's another thing. So I remember one of the things that really surprised me early on in all this, you know, Brian, you talked about the arts and things that came out of the pandemics. By the way, that is exactly the first thing I started paying attention to and researching. I was all excited. I was like, I, I went to Chiss School of the Arts. So the idea of, oh my gosh, you know, I, I know that great things have come out of this. And, you know, I started looking at it and I got surprised. I, I didn't know Macbeth was written during a pandemic. I had no idea. And I, my education at Tisch was experimental and classical. So to, to be so excited about that and suddenly realize, you know, intellectually thrilled by it and excited about it, um, it, it's basically been like the one through line. So I couldn't agree with you more, Brian. But at the same time, it's part of what terrifies me to be, and I'm terrified, actually, um, in, a, in, a, in a way that's different than I've ever been before because one of the things that I've lost is actually... I, I've, I was diagnosed with PTSD from uh, a series of assaults over several years. I mean, and the last one was actually this time four years ago. And what I've lost amazingly is uh, really much concern that that's going to like sneak up and really rear its head with some kind of, I don't know if anyone's ever experienced post-traumatic stress, but it, if I, okay. The crap that happens to you if you don't, like, anniversary, none of that, if you'd have never, you wouldn't believe it if, if somebody, right? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. But with this, for some reason, you know, there was this, um, a moment really early on where I was, I knew that, you know, July, so July 24th was the, which went over for days. So I knew that that was potentially going to be coming up while this was going on. And I remember thinking to myself, all right, well, you got control over one thing here. You're already alone. I mean, I live alone. You're already by yourself, completely alone. Um, I envy an introvert. My best friend is actually an introvert, which frankly sucked during this, like a lot. He had no idea that anything was really not okay. <laughs> like he's that level of, you know, kind of like totally okay in his cave in the dark. And I, I ended up, our, our friendship is very strong because, because I was, I mean, I ended up furious with him and hurt. And it's the first time in 20 years I've ever had him felt that with him. But it was, I gained something, which was this awareness that I didn't know everything there was to know about him either. Um, and also this test where if it was anybody else, I probably would have just said, go fuck yourself. I haven't seen you at all. You don't understand this is bad for me and you're supposed to know. No, not with him. I mean, it really, he's still very much part of my life and I would not have, so I've, I've already known how close we are, but I know that that's solid, even if I'm not necessarily getting what, it, what I would want. And that means also that I suddenly realized that I need to start filling in some gaps in my life because doing this alone has been, for me, I don't know if it would be for everybody, just off, I, not, nope, can't, nope. <laughs> And um, it's not good for my body. I mean, I've never had high blood pressure. I do now. Like, extraordinarily high. It's weird. I have a meditation practice, so I'm, you know. Um, and speaking of body, uh, you know, I, I, it's, I'm still 
I struggle to talk about this, but there was a moment early on too that I suddenly realized because I'm a woman that every month is much longer. I actually put in here lost, you know, kid. Because we don't know how long this is going on. And as, as much as as much as there's like endless amounts of men that want to date right now, obviously, because everybody's horny, but um, yeah, it's not exactly conducive. Yeah, Zoom dates are not exactly the same thing. <laughs> well, or even, you know, six foot away from each other stuff. Like, you know, I, I don't believe very much in a relationship that begins during a crisis is going to very have a good chance of succeeding. That's just psychologically i don't think that it doesn't make sense i mean i know it, it's happened but um you know i never wanted a divorce so I, I would rather not set myself up for it on top of everything um so there's that and um another like speaking of the geopolitical stuff my mother well i also lost time with my parents i mean i'm, I'm here with them now but i was very early on i struggled a lot because my mother's 79 my dad's 80. So I would have left the city, um, but there's no way I could leave them. I'm an only child. It's not happening. My mom's European. No, I mean, uh, Rio, I, you know, if you're, no. <laughs> like, we know, it just, there's a little bit of a difference being, you know, I, I don't know how else to put it. If anybody who's a daughter or child of an immigrant or isn't, a, there's just an entirely different way. I can't explain it better than that. And, and my father may be American, but my mother's Hungarian and, it's one of the things I'm struggling with now is uh, I, you know, in an American ideal, I think it, people would say, oh, you're not being independent and did it. Fuck you. That's not, I can't be done. Like, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you know exactly what I'm talking. It's family not for life. Yeah. Fam it's family for life. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. And, and there's no way I could be happy knowing that if they were, so, you know, during the lockdown, I was running back and forth, making sure that they had anything they needed so they weren't leaving the house at all for a long time. Um, but I started to see New York deteriorate, like, quickly. And I fell in love with the city a long time ago, but even more deeply after 9-11, something happened. I just, it's not just a place. It's, you know, it's, a, it's something, you know, I deeply, deeply love. And it's, Heart. I don't know if anyone knows the Portuguese word. I, I always screw up the pronunciation, but saudades, S-A-U-D. Saudades. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's saudades. Yeah, it's something it's like that. It's like the longing, the mystical sort of. It's a longing yeah. for something that you can't have, but you also long for it, but you couldn't change the circumstance to get it. It's, it there's no real, Elizabeth Bishop's poem, One Art, is basically like saudades in a poem, essentially. Like, so that's how I feel about New York right now. Um, we also, where I am right now, we're in the process of selling it. So um, what I lo I'm losing this, what I gained though, is that the assault that I experienced happened here. So last year I didn't come here at all. The year before, and, and I didn't do well here. I mean, I don't know if this is embarrassing, but uh, you can go a little crazy when you have a PTSD flashback. I mean, and I did. Like, I mean, I, I, I remember it all, but I have to say it wasn't, 
didn't make sense. I mean, I was full on flashbacks and stuff. And so I didn't come back here because it was triggering. Now I don't want to leave, <laughs> which is um, both wonderful and terrible because we're selling and I'm third generation here. And I'm terrified of what it would mean to not have a place to go that I can escape a city that is my neighborhood in and of itself is getting very, very, very dangerous, very, very, very fast. Basically, de Blasio, I, I, I'm going to be very mean about him, so I apologize if that's politically, again, I'm so angry with this man, I can't even, and I shall try to temper it, but he decided to uh, basically it's move okay. 130 shelters into like an eight block radius around my apartment, um, very, without, during COVID. Um, using that as an excuse, but really there's just about 2,000 men that are, a lot of them are just released from prison. They're, nobody knows, they're very violent, sometimes without any reason at all. Um, women have been raped, like pulled off the street, box cutter to the throat. I mean, things are closing, restaurants are closing because they, they can't even have outdoor seating because people get accosted and attacked. I mean, it's endless. And it's, I mean, I saw a guy throw a woman down to the ground and then kick her dog six feet and walk away at five o'clock in the afternoon. It's insane. And then on top of that, I live on the block that one of the blocks that was looted during. And so what I lost there was a sense of safety and in a massive way, because of also I have a little, I don't, I'm not sure I believe in generational trauma, but my mother's family, you know, we're, we're Jewish, but we're also, um, survivors of communism my grandfather died in a gulag when my was taken in when my mom was six and spent 10 years there and died there um because he was nobility yeah, jewish nobility existed but um so all the geopolitical stuff that's going on right now is not just scary for me i've been trying to protect my mom from it i don't want her to see it I'm not saying it's going to be the same or would is at all the same, but there's enough similarity that it's, I'm like existentially enraged that the end of her life would have to, because she's 79. She went through so much already. And so when she mentions that something reminds her, it fucking kills me. I'm so furious. I, I, you might, you might know what I'm talking, you know, it's, I mean, I used to go back and forth Romania as a kid, so I, I got to leave there. So I didn't get to, you know, I, I know what it's like to be in that world, but I was always very protected and I could come back to the States. But my mom would jokingly, jokingly say for years, she says, don't worry, darling, if we get socialism, I know how to survive it, I'll teach you. Um, there haven't been any lessons. It's just been, my mom called the Austrian embassy and started that process which is i always knew that if she did that 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 was like so i lost this belief certainty that when my mother wasn't afraid i wouldn't be afraid and i think she's afraid um but that also means i know she's doing it for me i don't there's they can't get up and move to a new country. My father is not going to learn German, you know, it's, um, so the things I've found though, I'm going to try to 
leave all that. So I think it's like, that paints a picture, right? <laughs> like, I don't have to get more into that. Okay. But the things I would sound is I would say like the connections that I've made with people that I would never have otherwise made are so precious. Like they're incredible. I, I've, I, I keep getting blown away by it repeatedly. Um, even if it's like this, um, you know, I'm, a, I'm an early adopter to computer stuff. And I, there's been moments where sometimes I'm like, my God, this feels like 1994 all over again in a great way. I mean, it's or 93 and in this strange, almost like sincere, not, a, not a, you know, ignoring the bullshit of what started in the aughts a bit and later um, and utilizing these things. But, I'm, but I, I've also... I've also realized that for me, for example, um, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't hug anybody for, I think over three and a half months and it messed me up like badly. Um, in fact, when somebody did finally first, I mean, I actually ended up doing a, a weird video log of it, which I never used to do either, by the way, like this video, I used to be so uncomfortable with this kind of thing, like FaceTime, never, this never. Because it felt, it, it felt like it feel, it felt invasive. Like I mean, I was a '90s kid. Like you talk like this, you don't ever. This is strange, but now I'm much more comfortable with it. But I wanted to just document the fact that I was shaking like a leaf, had goosebumps up from the top of my body to the bottom of my body, and I, I didn't know what I was feeling at all. Um, and I was, I had been talking from the very from go. I started expressing some concerns of what it was going to mean that we weren't going to be touching each other at all. And I still am very concerned about it. Very, like very, um, I mean, Americans have always had weird issues with that in many ways. And so I think it's just exacerbating it. I also remember the HIV crisis very well. I was very active in it as I grew up in Fire Island here. So I, I was that weird 14 year old. I was telling everybody in high school to work on them, you know, just that's, and I see some familiar echoes of what happened then, some things that went really horribly wrong happening again. Um, and it's scary. Um, and I found also, um, oh, I'm, I've been cooking like crazy. I cook for one really well now. Like, and I, and my, I cooked for my parents while we were, I, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking good actually. I'm getting real good, which is, which is pretty cool. Um, I found bunches of places in the city where I could order produce that I wouldn't be able to normally get. Found ramps, fiddle ferns, you know, agaretti, and which I didn't like, by the way. I don't recommend agaretti. Um, my mother got a dog, which is the little one. I see a lot of beasts running around. Well, this little one right here is on my left. That one is my mother's. So she's a corn, little corn. That was the last, actually, one of the last moments I saw my mother close i was in the car with her and i asked begged somebody to give me a mask so i'd be able to pick, pick the dog up um she wanted a this exact dog since my my former dog passed away because she was helping care for it because the vet was in the same building and she kept saying she wanted a little morgan she said it so often that i think morgan kind of came back in a lot of ways <laughs> I, I don't usually say stuff like that it's it's kind of creepy the the dog she doesn't know why she, she's very confused, but she doesn't know whether she's mine or my mother. It's, it's really funny. But so now, and I, and I got to learn how much fun it is to have two of them. I had no idea if anybody's a dog person here. Two? You, it's scary. Oh my God, they're so much more fun. Like, you have one. <laughs> I, I, if you ever get a chance to just try out two, I'm telling you, you gotta just see it. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. I had no idea. 
I had no idea, but just just wonderfully fun. Um, I also so I'm learning about things I wouldn't know what you know have done otherwise. Meeting people, trying you know trying to put together some projects with I I, I left you know I, I've always been an artist, but I don't know um, I don't know if there's ever I mean, you know maybe I just screwed up my life, but uh, I. I decided not to perform during my final semester and I was right to do that. But just like, you know, not realizing that marriage wasn't kind of automatic. I didn't realize it's not staying in the arts wasn't automatic. Like I just thought it was, Hey, you know, I mean the number of men that I ended up pairing up, I, I've made every match I've done is marriage. I'm getting to heaven for sure. But I, you know, if, if, but I, so many, and I'm sitting there going, look at the list going, Oh, fuck me. You know, like, <laughs> I mean, and I hate saying that because there's a, I mean, it, it gets stuck in my throat, but the reality was, is there were moments that I'd be lying there saying to myself, my God, like all these decisions that I have to make and all this emotion that I've got to keep inside that's fucking me up because I can't talk to anybody, like just quickly. I did, I have not watched the news since March because I, I worked at CNN and I just said, virus porn, nope, not doing that. Can't do that. Just don't do it, which has helped, but you know, you can't totally avoid some things when it comes to safety stuff, like when you've had your block looted and, you know, hearing, I mean, I heard that. I, you know, thought we were under attack when these fireworks went off and that didn't help. I mean, I, was, I just want to say the last positive thing I gained, I just want to say this too, is that with the arts, I realized with everybody getting cancel culture all over the place, I mean, I know what that's really like in this, what it was like under the Soviets. I mean, re like, Talk about secret police, securitate, or not fun at all. Um, but I also know that, you know, if you read stuff written by dissidents, which that's another thing I've, I've gained, a lot of that, like some amazing work by them. I really have nothing to lose. I don't have children. I don't have a husband. I don't have a career that is so dear to me that if it, you know, because being shunned is, feels like death. I mean, it feels like, death to people it's no you know people say this stuff doesn't matter they have no fucking clue what they're talking about and i've got nothing to lose so i've been trying to find ways to put myself out there more and more and one way is we've been uh, i've been working with somebody trying to do a live opera thing in the city because i think if we don't bring the arts back we don't even realize what we're going to be it's real big trouble yeah well i think you you know hopefully you know, you, you build your own new, you know, your, your network, your community, your support system, your, you know, your tribe in a way. I mean, I think uh, if I can, I can speak for, you know, my friends, Julie and, and Brian, I mean, Julie's, Julie's on the West coast, Brian's in, in Denver, but you know, uh, and David is another one who, you know, I've kind of known, but not in person, but you know, you're able to, to sort of find, uh, you know, people who can provide you with trusted counsel and, and advice and support and insights. Uh, and then also call you out when you're being a jerk and say, you're, you're being an asshole, shut yeah. up. You know, these are, you know, the, the, it, in a way, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I'd like to sort of build on, you know, and this is the whole point of the forum is we want to give people the time, just however much time you need to, you know, to, to, to talk. And, and, you know, the, this, this uh, there were a couple themes that have that have come up and and one um you know is that we we have lost a 
a, a sense of ritual and a sense of kind of community that has been so so important to create the you know the co- this the cohesion that gives us a lot of uh, you know a lot of meaning in our lives, right? I mean, I went actually went into Manhattan for the first time in four and a half months yesterday, and I got to tell you, it was the vibe was was not good. Um, and you know, I brought my daughter in there. Uh, my daughter's going to college. Um, she's starting as a freshman next week. I'm driving her down to, uh, North Carolina and my son was living in LA and he's back for this, for the summer doing an internship. But, you know, we were in there and basically both of them are like, God, we're glad we, you know, we, as soon as we got into New Jersey, it's like, man, we can finally breathe a, a little bit again. But, you know, my, you know, my background was, was the arts and David and I have talked a little bit about this, you know, that we, we treasure music. I mean, part of the ritual of growing up and what made, uh, a city so special was the fact that you would have all these creative people coming together and then you'd be able to, um, uh, you know, you, you'd be, you know, you have these, this amazing opportunity to connect with people and hear art. And, and this is, this is what makes the cities vibrant. This is why you put up, I mean, you'd put up with the lunatics. Like I, I actually came to New York in the eighties. I actually went to school in, at Columbia when it was really shitty. <laughs> you know, we had, you know, there were some, there were definitely some good, uh, um, good urban legends about being in our, uh, you know, gr- growing up at Columbia. And I'll, uh, I'll tell you, I'll, like we well, don't even. Know that. <laughs> no, it was the it was the, fre- it was the guys who lived in the freshman dorm at Columbia who picked up the rolled up carpet at, in a dumpster outside 114th Street, brought it back to the room, and they unrolled it, and it was like a it was like a mob hit, you know, and it was a, and they had the and they had the police tape off the uh, the room. So I mean, this is this is like this is real stuff that was going on at that time. So you know, I experienced New York like that. And then I saw a change. Um, but I was a musician. I started off as a, you know, and, and I have, you know, deep, you know, my, musicians in a way are, are, are kind of my tribe. And, the, and I'm just watching that, you know, what has been lost has been, number one, it's been a way to make a living, but also, you know, all these, all these restaurants and establishments that, um, you know, all the culture, the museums, I mean, it's, it's done for a long time. And I, David, your point about you know, time, trying to time bound this, you know, I, I work in the financial markets and, and, and I know that David did as well. And we know that like the worst thing of all is uncertainty because once you know, you know, how long something, once you say, okay, it's going to last this long, um, the uncertainty is worse than actually knowing the bad news. Like, give me the bad news so I, I know what it is so I can plan. And we've lost certainty. And that's, that's the hardest. That's so true. I think it's the hardest, maybe the hardest thing to deal with. It's, it's harder than having the bad news and saying, shit, we're done until 2022 or whatever, whatever that is. Right. But, um, but again, I think we, you know, we've expressed a lot of the things that have been, uh, you know, that have been lost. Um, you know, I had, you know, my daughter lost her, you know, the end of her high school graduation and they're, you know, they're, uh, the first time they were able to see, uh, see each other in three months was, you know, when they had a masked distance graduation and, you know, same thing when I take her to college, it's, it's crazy. But, um, but on the other hand, you know, you have these, you know, the, 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 the opportunity to go out walking and, and cooking at home. And then, and also I do think that the, like the relationships that, you know, that we're making in forums like this and, you know, the conversations that we've had and just even coming up with this idea, um, you know, with Brian and Julie, I mean, this is the 14th time that we've done this and each one has a different group, by the way. And, you know, it's been, you know, every time we come away with this, you know, like, wow, this is an amazing amount of time. I feel so much better. This is like, the highlight of our week that, you know, we can connect with people, 
you know, that, that are, um, you know, that we're, we're, we're able to still have decent human connections, you know, even if we can't give them a physical hug, you know, we can give everybody a virtual hug and, you know, and, and then, you know, and then you also have that create a little bit of certainty in the future because you know, like, oh, wait a minute. Now there's this person that we've had this, you know, these meaningful interactions at least face to face, you know, it's not a phone call. We've had face to face. We know what people look like, you know, we know what their expressions are and, and we know that like if we ever call and hopefully when, you know, we get a chance to, to meet up and everybody shows off the stuff that they can cook in the future and share it at a giant potluck, there's some wonderful things ahead. And, you know, all, all I would say is that, uh, and I'll, I'll leave this as like the end of kind of my, you know, my commentary is that, you know, what we have a, there's somebody who lives down the block who does chalk art on the, you know, on the, on the, on the road. And I think what's so wonderful about the chalk art is that it's, you know, it's ephemeral because every time it rains, it disappears, right? It's, it's like the people who do those mandalas, you know, the, the sand mandalas, that's the, the essence of it. Right. And, um, and yesterday's mandala or yesterday's chalk art was the best is yet to come. You know, and I do think that, you know, the, the reality is, is that we still have uncertainty. We don't know how long this is going to be, but, but, I think there is a certainty that we do know that it's not going to last, you know, forever. And um, what's going to come out of this is, well, one thing is uh, I won't mention all the instrument makers that I've been supporting in trying to do my, do my part, you know, in, in keeping the economy going, you know, you know, but I, but as we come out of this, I, we've made an enormous, you know, a, a bunch of new, a new friends and a really a new appreciation for, you know, so many different perspectives and thinking about how, you know, how, you know, our relationships and our connections are, are so meaningful going forward. I would just say that uh, the one thing that came out of your gripping, the whole grippingness of what you gave us for me was you should put in um, some time to try to confront that terrifying part. Because the terrifying part is the thing that's going to kind of make you know potentially potentially make you ill it's, yeah. it's obviously making you depressed it's it's just when you I said how terrified you were i was like you've got to put effort into limiting the terrified because yeah. without, you know without that with that you you just can't do anything you're just stifled no matter what well one good piece so, of news is because the pragmatic nature of how dangerous my my neighborhood is now I've actually got a really good friend who's actually sending me some. Um, I mean, I've had like little peppers sending me the good stuff, and um, you know, it, it's going to help a lot. One of the reasons I'm thinking of leaving New York actually is that it's difficult to be able to defend yourself. So, as you were telling your story, it, it was it was really hard for me to listen to it. All of this stuff, there was like so many common themes, but. Perhaps this is the, the, the main reason why I'm aware of the, the biases that we have in our brain and the positivity bias. And what I found as a tool throughout the last 20 years was that I needed to focus and harness this bias, this positivity bias, and allow myself to just focus on that as a matter of survival for the here and now. And then figure out what my motivators are from my mental health and my stability. And that was always art and helping other people. 
And then, you know, general things like for nature and, you know, nature, music, this is not what led me to studying the brain and neuroscience, but it's certainly the reason why I started off with psychology. And I've always... Could you elaborate on positivity bias? Because I've heard it a few times, but I've never heard anyone define it. So, so the brain, we, we have these, these biases in our brain, our the propensity, the tendency to anchor to certain things. And we tend to, outside of severe trauma, we tend to focus on the positive and the good memories and the good things. And I think it's just nature's way of helping us survive. If I remembered how bad giving birth was without an epidural, I probably wouldn't have done it the second time. I did it three times. <laughs> you know, it's funny. On my list here of lost, and you know, uh, one of the things I wrote on here that I lost was my my comfort with positive. I've always been a very positive person, and I yeah. sometimes when I feel positive, I start getting afraid that it's irresponsible to be positive. I I, I, I can part. I can understand that. It would be great to take it a step further and come out with a plan on, you know, okay, what research in what area needs to be uh, supported mm. more, what programs need to be supported more and funded better, so that how do we really achieve those goals where we preserve what's absolutely necessary? Like for right now, the two absolute critical things from my perspective would be medicine, healthcare, which is in the same category, and art, and nature, actually, so three things. Mm. So three things that are must haves for going into the future if we're going to have any sort of resilience that we need mm -hmm. you know we really value your insights and you know and and look forward to growing our friendships as well bye bye okay all right hey guys that was uh wow. that was that was one of the most more intense uh Super intense. conversations we had Thank you for listening to the Great Reset Salon podcast. If you're enjoying these episodes, please subscribe. And if you've already subscribed, consider giving the show a rating or a review on iTunes. We very much appreciate it. Talk to you soon, everyone.